on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. The pitch to Bader, pop up, shallow left, coming on Yelich. He is there, makes the catch, and the Brewers take game one here in St. Louis. Final score, 2-0 on what is the 15th shutout by the Brewers pitching staff in 2021. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City in Milwaukee with Jerry Augustine, here's Matt Pauley. On most nights, if you collect 14 hits and you only turn that into two runs, on most nights, if you go uh, 3 for 15 with runners in scoring position, on most nights, if you leave 13 on base, it might not be a great night. But for the Brewers, it is because they continue to have absolutely spectacular pitching. They get another shutout tonight, and they knock off the Cardinals by a 2 nothing score in the first game of a three-game series. Welcome in to Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine here as well. If you want to join us, you can do so multiple ways to get connected to the program. You can call or you can text the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. You can also tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Corbin Burns gives you six. That gets you to the seventh with the lead, and then you can hand it over to Boxberger, Williams, and Hayter. That is a pretty good equation for the Brewers, and it works out well for them tonight. Let's bring in uh, Jerry Augustine and Augie. It, this is what I just said. This is a night where Corbin Burns, I would actually argue that Burns probably didn't have his best stuff tonight. His control was not as good as it normally is, uh, but he still went six shutout innings, and then those those three high-leverage guys go out and do their job, and the Brewers come up with a 2 nothing win. Actually, tonight we saw a little bit of difference, uh, Corbin Burns tonight, where he didn't have that great command of that cutter that he usually has. It looks like he was just missing with it, although he had nine punch-outs with the cutter. It just seems like he didn't have the great command that he usually does with it. But I'll tell you what, what did he do, what does he do when he doesn't have that great command of the, of the cutter or the slider? He breaks out the curveball. Seven strikeouts on the curveball. I thought the big difference in him tonight was not only his good command that he usually shows and his, his ability to uh, get ahead of hitters, stay ahead of hitters, but that curveball was really special. Broken out tonight was very valuable. This is a Cardinal team, like a, like a little bit like a Pittsburgh team, that they don't strike out a lot. They put the ball in play, and you have to really make some good pitches. Tonight he broke out that curveball, and it was really worked very well for him, and really I thought the difference in the game for Corbin Burns. Yeah, he throws the curveball 34% of the time. He only throws the cutter more, um, and he was getting the curveball across for strikes. He he got uh, he got 20 of his 30 curveballs across for strikes today. You don't see that very often, Augie. Well, the way he's locating it, too. I mean, you look at the, where he was locating, I think he, of all the curveballs that we saw tonight, he might have had one or two that were up in his own. He really had really good feel for that pitch. And, you know, it's such a good pitch when you can command it down in the bottom part of that zone and you really use your fastball in and out and elevate it when you need to. It just makes that curveball all that much better. I, I thought he didn't have good command of the slider tonight or the cutter. 
but he still gets nine strikeouts when he needed that pitch. Uh, and some counts, he got that pitch, and he made some really good, strong pitches with it. But I thought tonight really was a different Corbin Burns. We talked to him. I give him a nickname, Surgeon. It was just being able to take a different pitch, command that pitch, and make it your pitch for that night. And that's a, that's a sign of a pitcher that really understands when he goes out and executes pitches and uses the right sequences, you can be successful. That curveball today, Augie, had a ton of drop to it. It came in like an arch where uh, it, it was it was high and then it, it just falls off the table. Does that? And there were times where it wasn't a strike that it was being called for a strike that it was coming in low. Uh, does that? Can a pitch like that maybe confuse the umpire because when you see that kind of break, you feel like what some point it crossed the plate in the zone, if that makes sense? Well, he has such tight spin on the ball, and he gets such good break on the ball. And I, I think the one thing he did tonight, he really commanded that ball down in the zone. And even with his fastball and that cutter at times, he was able to throw that pitch down in the zone on the outer part of the plate or the fastball in on the plate, just on the lower part of that strike zone. When you do that, and then you got that good break break to it. He had a, tonight he looked more, more so like you would say he had a, a Don Sutton style curveball, more of a a, a one to seven or a twelve to six curveball that had good solid break. You got over the top of it, really got the good spin and kept it down in the zone. I thought it was a really the big difference, and it was a it was really special to see him go out, not have great command of the slider like he usually does. Although he did get the nice strikeouts, I keep bringing that up, but that breaking ball really made a difference. And just another sign to show you that where he has come as a pitcher to be able to take what his repertoire and go out there on a night when he doesn't have one pitch, he can use another pitch and be very effective. Brewers come up with a 2 nothing win in St. Louis. Again, if you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620, or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. The Brewers, a 2 nothing win, a tough offensive night for them in the sense of getting runners home once they get on base. A good offensive night that they get 14 hits, a tough offensive night that they go 3-for-15 with runners in scoring position and leave 13 on. What do we take out of that? They still find a way to win. We'll discuss it in just a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Swing and a pop-up. Shallow left. Out. Sosa. And it's going to be a fair ball. Coming in to score to Lez. The throw to second. Not in time. Cole Wong's going to get up. Try and go to third. Here's the throw there. Not in time. And it hit Colton in the back. A bloop doubled and the left field line as Arenado was trying to make an over-the-shoulder catch. He couldn't do it. And the Brewers come away with the first run of the ball game. Brewers get the win over the Cardinals to open up the three-game series. The Brewers getting two runs on 14 hits. 14 hits today, but they go just 3-for-15 with runners in scoring position, leave 13 on base. Adam Wainwright was pretty good working out of trouble, but he still gives up uh, the two runs in six innings as he takes the loss, but not a bad performance from Wainwright. He does give up a ton of hits, nine hits in the six innings. Two players with three hits each today. Colton Wong goes 3-for-4. Visayo Garcia goes 3-for-5. And and then two players uh, with two hits in Willie Adamas and Christian Yelich. And we're continuing to monitor Yelich since August 11th. That was the third game of the Cubs series. So in Yelich's now last six games, 
He is 9 for 25. That's a 360 batting average. He has three doubles. All three of those doubles have come in the last two games. He has five hits in his last three games. Uh, seven strikeouts in the 25 at-bats. Uh, the strikeouts, he had a bunch of them tonight. He had three tonight. He had not been striking out. His on-base since August 11th, 407. is slugging 480. His OPS at 887. Doug texting in and says, please get Yelich out of the third spot. Uh, Brewers left 13. He left half of them. He's not an RBI guy anymore. Not even their best left fielder. I find it odd. You know, Doug's got Doug gets on kicks, and one of Doug's kicks is anti Yelich. I find it odd that when Yelich is in his best offensive stretch of the season, that Doug is texting in anti Yelich stuff. I mean, he, he had two hits today, including a double, and he has three doubles in his last two games. I'll admit the strikeouts today didn't look great; they were strikeouts looking. But uh, Yelich's numbers, and, and by the way. Like I don't love Yelich in the three spot because he because his best asset this, this year has been his ability to get on base. So we've talked about it, Tom. We don't have to go back over it. I like him in that two spot. If you're not going to bat him one or eight, I like him in the two spot. But to be completely fair, we've seen him in the three and four spot a little bit more here over the last week or so, and that coincides with his hitting numbers starting to come around. It's still a tiny sample size. There's still not a whole lot that we can take from it. But Augie, I mean, it's. It's six games, and we're you know his his double today was kind of the the, the classic Christian Yelich taking it down the line sort of hit that that looked more like what we're used to seeing from him. Yeah, you know, we we've, we've been watching him, and we talk about how they're pitching him down and in and getting him in off the plate, and he's struggling a little bit with that pitch. But today, uh, off of Wainwright, he got that breaking ball down, is down in the zone, down in the bottom part of the plate, and really he just threw his threw his hands down there. I thought he did a really nice job of going down and getting it and hitting it down the first baseline uh, for the for the uh, for the double. Uh, I thought that was a really a good swing. We haven't seen that swing out of him for some time, and to, for him to go down, put a nice level swing and drive it down the first baseline for a double. That's something you've seen. But as important with next time up or the next when he gets his base hit the single, gets the ball away from him. Covering that outside part of the plate, we haven't seen him cover both sides of the plate in a game so much where he hits the ball with authority both ways. But he did strike out tonight. There's no question. He did strike. He swung at some pitches that were out of the zone a little bit. They pitched him pretty well. But his two base hits I thought were two very, very good at bats. Yeah, I'm not going to complain about the strikeouts when you're going two for five with a double. I'll just I'll take the strikeouts on those nights, uh, and so I'm not too terribly worried. Now, if you go 0 for five and there's three strikeouts in there, if you go one for five and there's three strikeouts in there, it's a little bit different. But two for five with a double, not a whole lot else uh, matters the, the way I'm looking at it. It is. This is the second straight game, though, Augie, for the Brewers, where offensively they don't do a whole lot. They get the 14 hits, but it's it's one of the... I'm sure Brewers fans were very frustrated watching this game because time after time after time they had at-bats with runners on in scoring position, and they had just... They had so many great scoring opportunities, and they don't come through that much. If, if they lose this game, if somehow the Cardinals uh, push across a couple runs, get a two-run home run, a bloop and a blast, if something like that, 
that happens. Our The theme of our show is very different because we're talking about the missed opportunities, and, and you're glad that the Brewers win today, but at the same time, it was not a good offensive day for them. Well, you know, I, I give some credit to Adam Wainwright, the way he went about his job. You know, we think about Adam Wainwright in, in years back where he had that really good break ball. He had a good fastball that he could ride up in the mid-90s. He had a little bit of a cutter and a change. He's a different style pitcher now. He got himself in trouble in that in that first inning, and I thought he made some really good pitches. He's got that really good breaking ball, but now he's been really effective with that with that with that changeup. But I thought after he got past that third inning, I thought Wainwright threw the ball extremely well. Started mixing up his pitches a little bit early in the game. It seemed like he was sitting. He was using his breaking ball. I thought the Brewers did a nice job of putting good swings on that breaking ball. But as the game went along, I thought he really got into a, a good uh, a good routine with his pitches and threw the ball very well. But uh, you got to look at what we did tonight. We had the first inning, we had bases loaded, we had two runners on, scored a run in the second, had two runners on, scored a runner in third, bases loaded in the fourth. So Wainwright was at high leverage innings almost every inning, but he's that veteran guy. He knows how to pitch. He knows how to locate pitches, and I thought he pitched very, very well to, to, to hold us two runs. I, I thought we'd score with 14 hits. We'd score six, seven, eight runs, but I thought Wainwright really did a nice job in the six innings that he was in the ball game. Yeah, and I should clarify what I said. I keep saying a bad offensive night. It's not a bad offensive night because they come up with 14 hits. That's a that's a good offensive night when you come with 14 hits. It was a bad runners in scoring position night because the team goes 3 for 15 and leaves 13 on base. So, uh, it, quite honestly, if it's, uh, you know, it, we, we talked about this early on in the season. I think from a, from a right-now perspective, you prefer to have games where maybe of less hits but more production with runners in scoring position because that's going to lead to more runs. But when you take a step back and you look at it from more of a big-picture perspective, you'd probably rather it be a day where you get a whole bunch of hits and maybe don't have as much success with runners in scoring position because getting a whole bunch of hits tells more of a story of what kind of offensive club you actually are you just for whatever reason could not come through in the biggest moments in the game luckily for the brewers it doesn't matter tonight because they had corbin burns brad boxberger devin williams and josh Hader on the mound two nothing brewers get the win over the cardinals we'll talk a little bit more about that bullpen performance from that three-headed monster it is their job to cover the seventh eighth and ninth innings they do just that tonight if you want to join us you can do so by calling or texting the acunet mortgage talk at text line 855-616-1620 at that's 855-616-1620, or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We're back with more in a moment. Brewers get a 2-0 win in St. Louis. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. And the first offering to us uh, to Narvaez is lifted down the right field line. That's going to get down and into the corner. It's going to be extra bases for Narvaez. Yelich will trot home, and Narvaez trots into second with an RBI double, and the Brewers lead it two to nothing. 
That would end up being the final score. Brewers get the win in St. Louis. Welcome back in to Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. I'm Matt Pauley, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine here as well. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line. Tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Mitch and Sturgeon Bay asking about the run differential for the Brewers after tonight uh, Mitch it is sitting at plus 115 they are third in the National League the Dodgers have the best run differential at 194 the Giants are at 146 and then you have the Brewers at 115 nobody else has uh, any number that is over 85 so that number has gotten much better as the uh, year has gone along at uh, Brew Crew Squ- Scott uh, tweets into the program says is it just me or were the Brewers sitting curveball tonight and then also asking about Corbin Burns, asking if he's been throwing more curveballs than usual the past two or three outings. As we talked about earlier, he absolutely did throw more tonight. Some of his other pitches were not as effective. Uh, the curveball, and he threw a ton of curveballs tonight. About a third of his pitches were. Augie, did you think hitters, and maybe you know when you're when you're facing Wainwright and he's not going to throw that many fastballs, uh, did you feel like the Brewers hitters were maybe sitting curveball today? Really good approach to it. They know that the Wainwright with his breaking ball, he, that's his key pitch right now, and he can locate it. He changes speeds with it. And I thought, especially the first three innings, that they really sat on that pitch a little bit. And you see what they've done with, with the pitches. A lot of the balls that they hit were actually off of breaking balls that were down in the strike zone and were able to get the bat on it. But I thought then after that, he kind of started mixing up. He started mixing his fastball a little bit more on both sides to play to use his changeup a little bit more. But I would agree with you, Matt, there. I, I thought Early in the ball game, uh, that they sat on that breaking ball a little bit, and uh, they were able to get the two runs off of it because they they stayed back on the ball and just went with the pitches. And uh, I know Yelly's ball was a breaking ball, and Navarro's ball was a breaking ball. So uh, I thought they they sat on that pitch and got some pitches to hit and took advantage of them. Wainwright's usage tonight, he threw the sinking fastball 38% of the time, 37 total pitches. That was the pitch he threw the most. He threw the curveball second most at 27% of the time. He threw his cutter 23% of the time, his changeup 8% of the time, and then he threw the uh, four-seamer. He only threw his four-seamer today, Augie, four times. Yeah, I think what he was doing, he was just trying to trying to keep ball to keep the ball with movement. Uh, four seamer, he it looked like a couple of times when he threw it, he was just trying to locate it. But I think when you look at that usage, that pretty much tells a tells a story of where he pitched tonight. Early in the game, really used that breaking ball, and the Brewers were able to stay back on it, be patient, and get some hits on it. Then he started using that changeup and that two seaming two seam sinking fastball down in the zone, which you can get to ground balls. You look at what he did; he got eight ground balls today in six. And six innings, so that sinking fastball worked for him pretty well. 855-616-1620, the Ankinet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Dan, text into the program, says, uh, curious about the playoff scenarios. What do you see as best? Uh, Dan says he is an optimist, but wants to hear what I think. First off, I think the Brewers are going to win the NL Central. Uh, I'm Knock on wood, I'm not trying to challenge the baseball gods when I say this, but I'm, I'm not worried about the Reds. I'm not worried about the Cardinals. Uh, if, if something happens, I reserve the right to change my tune on that. But as it sits at 10.50 at night on Tuesday, August 17th, I am not at all worried about those teams. I think the Brewers are very much in control. 
I am very content with the Brewers holding the second best record in the National League and taking on the team uh, from the NL East, which right now would be the Braves, could end up being the Phillies or the Mets because uh, I, I think the Giants are going to end up winning the NL West. The Dodgers are going to win one of the wild cards, and then it's going to come down to uh, Padres maybe, also the Reds, the Cardinals, the Phillies, the the Mets, the Braves uh, are all kind of contending for that second wild card. Uh, I, Because the Dodgers are in that wild card, I would just rather avoid them as long as possible. I think it's a better matchup to take on a team from the NL East. But that's kind of the way that I would evaluate things here at the moment. 2 nothing. Brewers get the win over the Cardinals. 855-616-1620 is the Yankee Net Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We've got some phone calls waiting. We'll get to those coming up in just a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Seven is the season high, and here's a drive out to left center field. It's going to get over the head of Bader, and it's going to bounce off the warning track and up into the stands. So it'll be a ground rule double for Colton Wong. 2-0. Brewers get the win over the Cardinals to open up a three-game series in St. Louis. These two teams are going to face each other a lot. The first of 13 between now and the end of the season. Along with former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine, I'm Matt Pauley. 855-616-1620. That's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We'll grab a couple phone calls. We've got uh, Ellen who has given us a call. Hi, Ellen. You're on WTMJ. Ellen, you there? Ellen going once. Ellen going twice. Ellen, try calling back. We'll get to you later. Doug in Baraboo has given us a call. Hey, Doug, you're on WTMJ. Hey, good evening, guys. Uh, boy, what a fun, great season uh, we're having. I just, it seems kind of uh, weird, uh, maybe not weird. I don't know if that's a good word or not, but for uh, as well as we're playing to have only be five over uh, at home, 500, and then be 21 over. On the road, I don't. I can't remember ever uh, seeing a, a flip flop like that. Usually, it's the other way. But I wonder if uh, if that if that's any concern uh, at, right now with the with the players or with council. I know he likes to go game by game, and I don't know if he thinks of home or away. But uh, I wonder if uh, if that if, <laughs> if that would be a detriment. Uh, you know, winning the division and having uh, home field. I know that's kind of out in uh, left field, not you know, so to speak. But uh, have you ever seen a a team with a five over five hundred and and twenty one over on the road? Yeah, Doug. I don't know if I've ever seen it this far different. I'll tell you this: Council has asked about it a lot, like a lot. Um, every time he's asked about it, I kind of go, "Okay, here we're we're going to get the same answer." He doesn't think it means anything. He simply thinks it's a they're a good team. And they win games on the road, and there's nothing more to it than that. They're, they're they don't have a losing record at home. They're they're still above 500 at home. Uh, I would still rather see this team play as many home games as possible, uh, especially when it comes to uh, the postseason. I think it's just kind of I don't know what your take on it is, Augie. I just I, I kind of agree with Council that it's a it's a, it's an anomaly, and they've been on the road when they've been playing some pretty good baseball at times this year. I agree. I, I just think when it, 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 I don't think very much of it, whether the win and loss record, you know, they all say you want to play 500 on the road and you want to win big at home. Uh, but I, this team is just so well balanced and they find so many ways to win ball games that I don't think that much of whether the record is uh, 21 above 500.
500 on the road and five at home. I just think that this team goes out and plays hard every day, and 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 that's the way the things are just rolling now. It will be important to, as we go down the road. You know, we see the last month of the season when you got uh, you got a number of home games and series that you want to still go out and win series. I think that's more important than anything is winning series is most important, and the records will take care of itself. And I want to correct myself first. I said strikeouts for for uh, Corbin Burns early in the game. I was think I was talking about outs. He got nine outs on the cutter, seven on the curveball, one on the change, and one on the sinker. So I, otherwise, you'd have 18 strikeouts, and he didn't have 18 strikeouts. So I want to correct myself. But I think this ball coach is just playing very good baseball, and it just so happens that whether it's on the road or wherever they're playing, even at home, it's just about going out and winning each game and winning series. And they're, they're doing a great job of it. And especially this road trip, when you look at, they have an opportunity now to win three series inside the division. I know, Matt, you like that a lot. Yeah, I'm worried about series victories. I'm worried about record against the division, things like that. The home road record, it just it is what it is to me, and I don't put a whole lot of stock in it unless there's a really bad number there. The, like the, the really good numbers in 41 and 20 on the road, best road record in baseball, that's a really good number. Uh, but uh, it is what it is. I don't think that means they're a bad team at home. They're not. They're, th- they're still... They win games at home. They're going to continue to win games at home. I just think the way the schedule has played out this year, more than anything else, I think it's turned into you have ebbs and flows to a season where you're playing some of your best baseball sometimes, and then you kind of ebb or flow in the other direction at other times, and it just feels like at times, just almost coincidentally, when they've been playing some of their best baseball, it's been some of the time that they've been on the road, and conversely, when they've had some times where they've been struggling, it's been uh, it's been at home. But again, they've got an above 500 record at home. They're fine. I'm just it's not something that I am worried about. Uh, whatsoever. 2 nothing. Brewers get the win in St. Louis over the Cardinals. The postgame comments of manager Craig Council. We'll hear those coming up in just a moment after the news. The news starts in two minutes here on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley. 0-2 pitch. Swing and a fly ball. Hit out towards left center. Slicing away from Bader. Dives! He can't get it. It's up against the wall. Rowdy Telez digs into second base with a leadoff double to start the Brewers' half of inning number two. 2 nothing. Brewers get the win against the Cardinals. Game one of a three-game series. Brewers' extra innings continues here on WTMJ 855 855- 616-1620, the Yankee Net Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet into the program as well, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Manager Craig Council speaking with the media just a little while ago, opened up talking about the performance of uh, Corbin Burns and really how, uh, even though it was six shutout innings, it was done in a very different way compared to his uh, last outing where he had all those strikeouts against the Cubs. And I would, he did wasn't quite as sharp as, as uh, maybe the Chicago game, but um, he still pitched really, really well. Um, yeah, I mean, he made some big, big pitches in the sixth, I thought. Um, and, um, you know, I, I just looked at them. They're they kind of curveballs that backed up a little bit, actually. And, um, so, but I uh, got two pop-ups there and got out of it. And, um, you know, that, that was it, really. They made him work, for sure. Um, they 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 took him into deep counts. They did a nice job of that, especially early in the game. Um, but he kept making pitches, and his curveball was a good pitch tonight for him. Um, and so it was, it was a good start, really good start. Craig, we've asked you so often about the cutter in him becoming who he is now, but 
just where is that curveball for you and the importance of him becoming sort of a just as reliable a starter as he is? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's 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 everything for sure. Um, you know, the, the changeup's been a really good pitch. He didn't he didn't use that tonight with with very few lefties in the lineup. But um, yeah, I mean, like the, the you know, it's 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 he's a four pitch guy, uh, and and it's really five pitches because he can sink the fastball in the righty's hands that he used that he uses very effectively too. So um, it's a lot to handle for the hitter. I mean, he's he's made the hitter have to defend a lot and it's just and it's at a big velocity um and the curveball is is like his his pitch that slows right handers down um and he he throws it effectively he throws it in good spots very often craig you guys uh put so much pressure on wainwright in those first four innings but when only two runs were you worried that maybe you're letting him off the hook too much well, we did let him off the hook. I uh, wasn't worried about it. We did. <laughs> so, but I mean, he, he made some pitches when he had to, uh, in which you'd expect him to do. He made, you know, Yelich, he painted a fastball on Yelich and the bases loaded. Um, made, made a good pitch on uh, Escobar with, with, with some men on base. Um, so again, on Yelich later. So it, it um you know, he made good pitches with guys on base. Um, we, we, we got stuff going. We got rallies going. We, you know, we, a guy made a perfect throw from, the, uh, from left field in the first to, to slow us down a little bit in that inning, too. Um, so, they, you know, he, he made pitches when he had to. They played good defense when they had to. And, and that led to, you know, us leaving a lot of guys on base, unfortunately. Craig, the, the Cardinals were able to bring the tying run to the plate each of the last four innings. I mean, how did you think that the guys, you know, handled that situation and, and closing the game out? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought all three of our relievers threw the ball really well. I mean, the, the pitch Molina hit off box was a, a perfect pitch, really, a really great piece of hitting. Um, you know, I th- thought Goldsmith was a nice piece of hitting off Devin, just kind of defending both the fastball and the changeup with two strikes. And then um, – you know, Josh just, you just, Molina was just patient against them, but, but they both, they all had good innings. They all threw the ball really well. Um, and, um, you know, it, and it was a tight game. You know, it felt like it was, you know, where we did leave them in the game because we couldn't capitalize on some run scoring opportunities, but we, we pitched well enough that, um, you know, that was the difference. Craig, uh, numerically, Corbin didn't have a lot of pitches, 89, but I'm guessing stress had something to do. And, you know, he was coming off of a eight-inning game and some heat in Chicago, too, uh, and plus a fresh bullpen. Did all that just add up to six was plenty? Yeah, I mean, I, I just – I thought the way the sixth went, um, you know, in kind of combination with what you mentioned was the, was the signal, really. I mean, the, he, he, he did leave some pitches up in the sixth, Um and, um, you know, that, that would, you know, it was a situation we'd send him out there for a hitter. Molina had it. Molina was leading off the inning. He had had some nice at bats against him. So a bunch of factors kind of went in there that, um, I thought that was enough for a night. Uh, I'm guessing you were okay with the aggressiveness with Wong, sending Wong in the first as well. I mean, you made the guy. Yeah. Make- no, that was the throw was, I mean, that's the only throw that gets him. He put it, he, he made a great throw. He put it right on the money and it, it was, um, you know, it was, he was, I, I believe he was out, but it was, we were, you know, low, we were close to challenging it, but um, kind of decided to get against it at the end. That allowed you to save that challenge on that 
ball that hit the knob, right? Um, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. You, you know, you don't often get those over. No, I was. That's what I was a little, little upset about because you don't get those, and uh, it turned out okay. It did turn out okay. Manager Craig Council speaking with the media just a little while ago. Brewers get the two nothing win in St. Louis to open up the three game series. I'll tell you, I was I was concerned about this series going in, and they haven't done anything. You know, they could still lose the series. They could still lose the next two and lose two out of three. But I felt like they were walking into a tough situation. The Cardinals are playing their best baseball of the year. They've won six straight games. They're getting their pitching back. Jack Flaherty's going to start. Miles Michaelis is uh, probably going to start the the finale. Uh, this is the third leg of a three city road trip. That is always tough. That. Yeah, it'd be a good thing to go research what teams' records are when they're on a three-city road trip and what their winning percentage is on that third leg compared to who they actually are. And again, they haven't won the series yet. They've still got two more games. They're going to be tough, facing uh, some tough customers here over the next couple of days as well in Jack Flaherty tomorrow and likely Miles Michaelis on Thursday. But I thought it was a really, really good sign that the Brewers were able to win this game tonight, 2 nothing. the final score. How does it all play out? We'll tell you what the highlights. That's next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Foley. A 2-0 win for the Brewers as they knock off the Cardinals in game one of a three-game set. Great pitching matchup. Corbin Burns on the mound for the Brewers. Adam Wainwright getting the start for St. Louis. Looked like the Brewers might get a run on the board in the first inning. Inning gets started when former Cardinal Colton Wong is hit by a pitch, and then Willie Adamas gets a base hit. So runners on at first and second, and with one out, Eduardo Escobar is at the plate. Swing and line drive towards left. It's going to get down for a base hit. They're going to send around the runner. Here comes O'Neill's throw to the plate. It's not cut off. The throw got him at home. Colton Wong thinks that he got underneath the tag of Yadier Molina. The runners advance to second and third on the throw home from O'Neill. That was a perfect throw. Brewers end up leaving them loaded in the first inning without scoring a run. They do get a run across one inning later in the second. It all gets started with Rowdy Telez. 0-2 pitch, swing and a fly ball, hit out towards left center. Slicing away from Bader, dives, he can't get it, it's up against the wall. Rowdy Telez digs into second base with a leadoff double to start the Brewers' half of inning number two. With one out, Corbin burns a ground out that moves Telez to third. That brings up Colton Wong. Swing and a pop-up, shallow left, out, Sosa, and it's going to be a fair ball. Coming in to score, Telez, a throw to second, not in time. Colton Wong's going to get up, try and go to third. Here's the throw there, not in time, and it hit Colton in the back. A bloop doubled in the left field line as Arenado was trying to make an over-the-shoulder catch. He couldn't do it, and the Brewers come away with the first run of the ball game. Yeah, Wong hit by a pitch in the first inning, hit in the back on the bases in the second inning. The ball was finding Colton Wong tonight. Brewers holding a one nothing lead. They add to the lead in the third inning. It all gets started with Christian Yelch. To lead off the third, the pitch. Ground ball, fair ball down the line and into the corner. Going to be extra bases for Yelich. 
Eduardo Escobar then has a ground out that moves Yelich over to third. The Brewers did a good job of getting runners over. That brings up Omar Narvaez. And the first offering to S- uh, to Narvaez is lifted down the right field line. That's going to get down and into the corner. It's going to be extra bases for Narvaez. Yelich will trot home, and Narvaez trots into second with an RBI double, and the Brewers lead it 2 to nothing. Little did we know at the time that would be the final score. Pitching really took over after that. Corbin Burns was not as sharp as he normally is, but again, he's able to throw six scoreless innings. For Adam Wainwright, he gives up nine hits in six innings, but works around trouble. The uh, first uh, opportunity for a hit for the Cardinals came in the sixth inning, so Burns does not give up a hit through the first five innings. He's back out for the sixth, and with one out, Tommy Edmond at the plate. Line drive, base hit to left. First hit of the game for St. Louis. And it comes here in the sixth. Pretty amazing when we can say that Corbin Burns was not as sharp as normal and he had a no-hitter into the sixth inning. That's the way it was tonight. T.J. McFarland comes in to pitch the seventh for St. Louis, puts up a zero, then Brad Boxberger does the exact same thing for the Cardinals, or excuse me, for the Brewers against the Cardinals in the bottom of the seventh inning. Uh, in the eighth inning, Devin Williams comes on to pitch for the Brewers. Uh, first battery faces, Matt Carpenter strikes out, Tommy Edmond flies out, but then Paul Goldschmidt gets a base hit. That's where it gets a little bit dicey. It's a 2 nothing game, and it brings up the always dangerous Nolan. Arenado. Williams pitches. Bouncer hit to short. Adamas charges, fields, and throws to first. Plenty of time, but through low, and Telez able to scoop it out of the dirt and get Nolan Arenado to end the inning. Nice play by Telez over there. We've talked a lot about uh, defense at first base recently as Eduardo Escobar. That's kind of the part of his game that he's still figuring out, being able to dig throws out. Uh, that play right there shows you the importance of a good defensive first baseman with what uh, Telez is able to do, digging uh, throws out, and that finishes things off in the inning. So we go to the ninth, and Josh Hader comes on looking for the save. First battery faces Tyler O'Neill. He strikes him out, but then issues a walk to Yadier Molina. So one on, one out. It brings the tying run up to the plate in the pinch hitter, Austin Dean. 0 oh, 2. Haters ahead trying to finish off Dean. Here's the pitch. Struck him out looking. Backdoor slider. That's the second out of the inning. So two outs. Tying run at the plate. It's Harrison Bader. The pitch to Bader. Pop up. Shallow left. Coming on, Yelich, he is there, makes the catch, and the Brewers take game one here in St. Louis. Final score, 2 nothing on what is the 15th shutout by the Brewers pitching staff in 2021. Brewers go to 73-47, and 47, while the Cardinals, they drop to 61-57, and 57, winning totals for the Brewers. Two runs, 14 hits, no errors. They leave 13. For St. Louis, no runs, four hits, one error. They end up leaving seven. The winning pitcher, Corbin Burns, he goes to 8-4, and four, drops his ERA, by the way, to 2.13. Adam Wainwright takes the loss for St. Louis. He is now 11-7. and seven. No home runs hit. The game lasting three hours and 15 minutes. Played in front of a crowd of 28,058 folks at Bush Stadium in St. Louis. Brewers get a 2-0 win against the Cardinals. Game two of the series coming up tomorrow night. We'll preview that. We'll also get you some scores from around baseball. That's next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. 
A 2-0 win for the Brewers tonight over the Cardinals to open up a three-game series. Again, the first of 13 games between these two teams uh, before the season is over. If the Cardinals are going to make a run for a postseason spot, uh, they're going to have to probably find some success at some point against the Brewers. I don't think the Cardinals are in contention uh, for the NL Central, but I do think the second NL wild card is to be had. The Padres lost again tonight. They lost to the Rockies again. They're, they've won four of their last ten games. The Reds are within a game and a half of the Padres. The Phillies and the Cardinals are within four games of the Padres. The Padres are anything but locked in to that second wild card. This is Today was a missed opportunity for both the Reds and the Cardinals uh, and, and the Phillies and the for that matter as well, but uh, another loss for the Padres, and you don't know how often that's going to end up happening. By the way, real quick, uh, we got a text message earlier from Nancy asking why on Sunday the Brewers' win was awarded to Brent Suter. Uh, Nancy, the reason was uh, when a starting pitcher does not go five innings, they are not eligible to get the win, so at that point it's the official scorer's discretion on who deserves the win, and generally it is the first pitcher who pitches after the start who pitches effectively. So Suter came in, pitched effectively, and he gets the win. That's why a lot is made of him being called the vulture this year because uh, in baseball you are a vulture. If you are a relief pitcher, that comes into games where maybe the starting pitcher doesn't go uh, five innings and you uh, and the team is winning and you're able to pick up wins that way. But that's part of the reason. That's not part of the reason. It is the reason why. I'm not Around hearing nothing but... <laughs> <laughs> There's the vulture noise from Brent Suter. Nice job, Greg. I guess I can't say vulture without uh, without us getting uh, that noise. That is the vulture, Brent Suter. Ah, that was good. Uh, Cubs over the card uh, over the Reds. Excuse me tonight by a two-one score. So the Cubs they are able to. Uh, have their losing streak, what was it, 12 games come to an end. Uh, Kyle Hendricks went six, giving up one run on three hits. Right now the Pirates are in action in L.A. as they're matched up against the Dodgers, and the Dodgers lead by a 4-2 score around the Brewers. Minor league affiliates, uh, A Nashville loses at Memphis 5-1. Double-A Biloxi loses at Pensacola by a 2-1 score. High-A Wisconsin losing in 10 innings at Cedar Rapids 4-2. But it was not a complete winless night across the Brewers' minor league system because at low-A, the Carolina Mudcats, they were able to pick up a win, knocking off Augusta by a 10-4 score. Brewers once again get the victory over the Cardinals today by a 2-0 score. Now they get set for Game 2 of the series. The Brewers will have Freddie Peralta on the mound. He enters with a 9-3 and record and a 2.26 ERA. Uh, he's going to match up against uh, Jack Flaherty, who was recently off the injured list for St. Louis. Flaherty is 9-1 and this year with a 2.65 ERA. So 2.26 against 2.65. You're not going to see Flaherty amongst the ERA leaders because he's been on the injured list for much of the season, so he doesn't have the minimum innings pitch to be uh, qualifying to be a league leader, but he is a really good pitcher and this is one heck of a pitching matchup that's going to be coming up tomorrow night. 6.45 first pitch. That means our coverage will begin at 6.10. And uh, myself and Jerry Augustine, we will be back with you immediately following the game for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ.